in any part of life, anybody, male, female, that's been impactful, they were passionate toward their craft. You yeah. see, we talk about Haskey, your track people, Spanish teacher, all these people. We remember them because they were passionate. They were devoted yeah. and, and really put a lot into it. Um, I think that's a challenge for us, stuff that we participate in. You know people that have halfway done stuff. Like, you feel it. You feel that energy. You see the product and all that's just halfway done. So I think for us, too, it's a challenge for everybody you know, to go all in. If you're going to do something, go all in. What is going on, guys? Dr. Jared Nelson in the house, the podcast, The Better Man, where you can never be perfect, but you can always be better. Today, we have a very special guest with us today, Luke Palacios. What's up, dude? Hey, how y'all doing? Good, man. Good to have you. Uh, Great to have you in here, dude. We got a lot of stuff to cover, Uh, have some history in band together, Mm -hmm. uh, high school together, all that. So we got a lot of stuff to cover, man. So I started off like this. You're in the gym. You're sharing a machine with the guy. You're just chilling. Somebody walks up to you, you start sharing a machine, going in between sets. And he's like, you look familiar, man. What do you do? Go ahead and start off with it, dude. Well, I take my headphones out and I said, well, I've done several things, so it could be good or it could be bad. And I said, my name is Luke. Try to give a little handshake. Okay. And say, I don't know. You know, what do you do? <laughs> I, I try not to give out too much immediately. Okay. But uh, a little secretive. Yeah. Well, let's dive into that a little bit today. So going into what the, what you do exactly now, I know you work for the fire, mm-hmm. uh, the fire station in Gasden. Fireman, thank you for your service there. Thank so you. tell me kind of about your work journey. Uh, I knew you since high school. Mm-hmm. So we were in high school and band together and all that. You graduate high school. What's going on after that? Well, graduate high school in 2013. And then uh, the fire career didn't happen until a while later. Mm-hmm. Um, went to work for Honda because my... Uh, Girlfriend at the time, my wife now, her father worked at Honda and then uh, didn't like that. So I went to Comcast and then, you know, a traumatic part in my life that changed who I, who I was going to be. My father-in-law, di- or not my father-in-law, my father died. Mm. Um, November 23rd, 2015, was it two days before Thanksgiving? Um, watched him die. Wow. Couldn't, couldn't do nothing about it. I was useless. Um you know, there was, there was nothing I could do. Couldn't do CPR. Um, watch them, shock them five times, intubate, extubate, yeah. all that stuff. And so I was like, I was useless. You know, if something like that happens, I want to do something productive, mm-hmm. something that could potentially save someone's life. So that's, I was like, I'm, I need to do something other than just install cable at people's houses. So join the, Gaston Fire Department, um, September 6th, three days after I got married. That's when, oh, I, wow. that's when I got hired on. Oh, wow. In 2016. And uh, spent five years at Gaston Fire, and I've been at Rainbow City Fire Department for two and a half years now. Okay. Cool, so, cool. And that's the progression of my fire service. Cool, cool. So the Comcast thing, how was that? You Were were you a lineman, or what did you do there? No, I wasn't a lineman. Those are the cool guys. I just, <laughs> uh, you know, I was that guy, and... Boots that went almost up to your kneecaps and shorts and said, hey, I'm here to install your cable. Ah. You know, internet. Um, we did some work on the lines, but nothing, nothing cool. We just worked out of a van. Okay. So, okay. So how was that? The whole experience at Xfinity, right? It mm-hmm. was Comcast, now it's Xfinity. Yeah. That was it. Amazing guys. The guys out there still have some good friendships with them. Do you know Caleb? 
guy named Caleb, good friend of mine. Anyway, he he Maybe. works there. He works there now. But he he you might have left before you started. But yeah, it was a long mm-hmm. time ago. Um, good good guys, man. Had some really fun experiences because we did a cable like cable internet, and then I went on the security side, installed home security systems, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of schooling up in Huntsville, Alabama. So that was back in my wilder days. Oh wow, pre I was twenty. 1920 and uh yeah it got kind of wild up in the hotels nothing crazy you know, oh, yeah. you know nothing yeah ex- you say that everybody's like whoa what's yeah up? nothing explicit <laughs> just you know going out to bars and stuff and yeah drinking. being guys at 20 yeah, yeah. and uh but man it was fun but uh it wasn't it was too technical technical mm. like they gave me an ipad and an iphone 6 i had no clue how to work an iphone lauren had to teach me how to work an iphone really and a lot of math and like the the db ratings and stuff like that loss and gain mm-hmm. and uh over my head like give me a hammer and i'll build you a house but give me a a, a big monitor and you have to install the cable is fun but the the technical like uh computer stuff that was just it was just over my head i wasn't in it well it's a lot of even doing this the podcast yeah. and stuff there's there's so much the learning curve is just so big but it's interesting that you say that it's good to find out in your 20s where you fit I think a lot of people don't try out stuff. They may go for something, they may do something, and they stick with it, and they really don't like it. They don't like what they're doing. There's no fulfillment there, but they still do it for what multiple reasons. Um, that's pretty cool that you put yourself out there and at least tried, man. That's yep. pretty cool. Which I, I started working when I was 15 in summer. Mm-hmm. And during the summer break, I, uh, parents got divorced, and so my mom moved to Texas. And this was what year? I was 13 when she left. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, love her to death. I mean, we sure. had a great relationship. Um, you know, she just kind of up and left one day, but you know, we have a great relationship. I love her. Um, and so every summer I would go down to Texas, spend a little bit of time with her. And then my brother was a manager at a welding fabrication company. Okay. So here I was probably 14, 15 years old, trying to avoid OSHA, uh, working in, in, in industrial <laughs> oh jobs, wow. making 15 an hour at 14. And uh, 15 years old. Wow. So, and back then, that was, now it's nothing. But back then, that yeah. was pretty decent money. Yeah. For someone yeah. that, you know, just turned summer break, I'd made a lot of money in the summers. I bet. So, learned to weld there. And that was that. in Texas? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's well, pretty uh, cool. Waco. Uh-huh. Waco, Texas. Isn't that uh, Chip and Joanna? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Isn't it Waco, Texas? My wife. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We were yeah. on our way to West Texas to see my grandfather. Yeah. And uh she's like, We have to go here. I got you. Stayed in the car. Oh yeah? Yeah. She yeah. went in, she she came out, she's like, wasn't that impressive. Oh really? Everything was completely overpriced, what she said. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know the name and all that is it is what it is. So why family kids? You talked about your wife, you have multiple kids, kind of go into that. Now, your wife, I know her. We were in band together. We were all yeah. in band together. Uh pretty cool that you know, we were in band together. So y'all did not date in high school, did you? No. So tell me kind of that story, how that came about. Well, I was I was just a weird guy in high school. I mean, mm. I'm a weird guy now, but um, in high school, I just, uh, I was just weird. You know, I, was, I, I here I am in, in school playing a clarinet. You know, I ran cross country and track, didn't do any major sports. And uh, her and I just passed in the hallways. I don't think we ever batted eye at each other. Mm. And we didn't really know each other existed. And then, uh, she, she graduated and then, uh, I guess we met at the, uh, chocolate festival in Rainbow City. Yeah. And, uh, through mutual friends, 
Okay. And so that was my senior year high school. Okay. So that was pretty cool. That you is. Know. Do they still do that? It's, I don't, they stopped a long time ago. I thought they stopped a long time ago. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. So it started there. This was in what year? 2013? 13, you were a senior, right? So 2012, I okay. guess. Yeah. Okay. Maybe early 2011. Okay. So I was 17 when I met her. Okay. So you go off from there, y'all started dating there, go along with how the story unfolded. Started man. dating there, and uh, she lived in Rainbow City. I lived in Southside. And, uh, you know, it was just me and my dad, or my dad and I living at home. And uh, I would stay out later than I was supposed to because I was working at Jack's in Southside. Okay. And then I'd leave her house and go to school, or leave the uh, Jack's and go to her house late at night. And then we'd stay up talking. I'd fall asleep. My dad would call me, get home. Oh, you know, uh, think we're doing something promiscuous, but I was right. just asleep. You know, I was right. worn out. Right. But uh, do you, were you ever there when they did mandatory Saturdays in school? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mandatory Saturdays. Yeah. So I missed so many days in high school. I had to like go to mandatory Saturdays. Um, mm. after seniors were weren't supposed to come back in school, like I had to stay several days because I missed so many days of school. Because I just my dad worked night shift. And so I just skipped school. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, hung out with Lauren. We went out swimming and just doing things. She wasn't a bad, you know, a uh, bad person. It's just sure. I enjoyed being with her. And so. Sure. Skipped school. School was, was just kind of put that on the back burner, unfortunately. Yeah, I think, but, though, if you if you gave that opportunity to any kid, dude, they're going to take that for sure. Yeah. They want to get out of school and hang out with your girlfriend. All oh, yeah. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. So, yeah, high school passes, y'all are hanging out. So, how did it progress? Y'all are married now for how many years? Uh, a couple of days ago was our seven-year anniversary. Wow. I spent it at the fire department. Sorry, Lauren. Yeah, that's an accomplishment, though. That, yeah. That's a great thing. So, marriage seven years ago. Uh, you mm -hmm. dated for a while, got married. How has married life been for seven years, man? It's great. Um, I'll say this to any, when it comes to marriage or relationships, it will not work if you don't have God. Yeah. You know, the classic, you know, two strands are strong, but three or the braided, you know, three strands. That's right. Uh, you could try and have a relationship without God in it. You, it may be kind of successful, but ultimately I don't think it'll ever be successful. So at a young age, you know, here we are at uh, 22, I think when we got married, mm -hmm. something like that. Um, You know, I was a Christian then, but I put her first. And she put me first, but like, I got to put God first every day before anything or anyone. Right. And so it took a while. Relationship is fantastic. I love Lauren to death. Um, to say that, you know, you don't bicker. We bicker all the time. Sure. You know, any, any relationship does, but yeah, uh, it's been, it's been awesome. Gone through some good times and bad times, but uh, we stuck together. Plan on doing it for, you know. Till I die, at least. Sure. <laughs> at least till he die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's awesome, man. Uh, just the vulnerability of saying that. I think some people see healthy or healthy relationships, even healthy relationships go through trials and all that. Oh, yeah. But even to say, you know, we've been through so much and here we are. You know, I think this is a lot to both y'all and the work that you're doing, man. But I agree with what you said, putting God first. There's a there's a picture. It's like an umbrella. It's, it's a meme that or a picture that's shared. Have you seen it with this God, husband, wife, children kind of a thing? And like their so. roles and stuff like that. But that's how it is. Uh, that's how I see it, in my opinion, as well. Uh, and that's biblically how it's supposed to be. Yeah. I think when we, it's almost, I think some people make their partner an idol. And yeah. I think that's something that's not talked about often. Like, 
we talk about idolatry and talks about that in the Bible, how it's, we think it's like a gold calf or whatever. It can be a thing. It can be someone. It oh, can yeah. be any, anything that takes your vision and your focus away from God, I think, can be an idol. Yes. And, and I think what you 100%. talked about with uh, with the marriage putting God first, for sure, that, that, that nails it right on the head right there. It's helped out, man. You know, we struggled at times, but, you know, we, Lauren reads the Bible. I'm not, I'd be a hypocrite to say if I read the Bible every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say that. I need to get better at that. Sure. But she reads and she, we, her and I discussed a lot of things um, and, and talking about things. This is going off subject. I had a yard sale the other day. Okay. And a, an old man and his wife came up and uh, we started talking. I like talking. I like learning, just listening to people. Absolutely. So I started asking him questions because his wife was just looking at jewelry and he was sitting up to me just talking about hot peppers I was growing. And so I said, how long have you been married? If you don't mind me asking, he's like 50 three years or something. I was like, all right, I'm a young man. I need you to tell me your advice to me. I said, we don't know each other. Right. Tell me your advice to successful relationship. And my mom told me the same words after my mom and dad got divorced. And this was years after he, he's already died. I said, you know why? And he said the same thing, communication. Mm-hmm. So Laura and I, when we got married, the troubled times, it's because we didn't communicate. Yeah. Um, Lauren would probably say I over communicate, but uh, you know, I just kind of want kind of want to get to the problem and fix it. Mm-hmm. And so uh communication, he said, is is like that is the biggest thing, talking to each other. Mm-hmm. So well that's it. I think um it is the key in understanding. Communicating and two people kind of have different languages sometimes. Yeah. Understanding your partner, how to communicate to them, how they can hear it. Love, some, you can shout at people, but if they don't understand it, that doesn't matter. Love language you know? is a real thing. Right. Between like what my love language is to what Lauren's is is completely different. Right. So um but it marriage is great. Mm-hmm. Hard, but man, it's one of those things like pick your battles. You some people say, oh, you know, guys I work with or have worked with, um, and you know, in the healthcare system. Sure. Um, in, in today's society, it's, it's almost like on a gold platter, every, every, every TV show, you know, everyone's, uh, cheating on people and, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's like, it's a great thing. I, people, guys go to work, not guys that I work with, guys I used to work with, you know, oh man, I did this, this with this chick and this chick. And I'm like, dude, you're married. You have kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, that is, that's so wrong. Um, it is. I understand, you know, I, I don't understand. I would say I understand what it feels like, but no, I don't, you know. Mm-hmm. You, well, we all have lust and we all have temptation. That's a real thing. And I think yeah. for as, as a man to say, you know, let, I mean, the sin, we all sin, you yeah. know, there's less than temptation, but there's a threshold you don't cross, you know, especially no. if you're a married man. Um, you know, there's a threshold there that you don't cross. And, and I think, uh, it just goes back, I think, to what people now view marriage as, you know, this is a covenant. This isn't just like a contract. This is a covenant between God and two people, you know? And so to me, that's not something you just easily say, my, whatever I can do, whatever, and not respect this person, all that. Um, you know, it's, it's a weird time for sure for married people. Yeah, man. Put God first, read the Bible have a relation you need i'm gonna say you need a relationship with god before you you have a relationship with someone else yeah because the bible people say there's no like guidelines or guidebook to the world do the bible mm-hmm. you know in the process of written thousands of years ago with all these prophecies fulfilled already it's a real thing 
it's God's word, untainted word, you know, um, it tells you how to have a spouse and it starts with having that relationship with God first. Right. So that's a bit of the biggest thing, but, uh, but yeah, Laura and I married seven years, have two kids, twins. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Twins, right? Yeah. Twins. So, uh, you know, and we talked about this off camera, uh, People say, oh, my gosh, how do you do it? And you're like, I don't know any different. All I've had is twins. You don't know what it's like to have one child. Yeah. So what has the journey like been uh, during fatherhood, uh, taking care of kids, and how has that whole uh, journey been in your life? It's been awesome. You want to hear the story of how I, the day we found out we are having twins? Yeah, for sure. All right. So just had my wisdom teeth removed. And, uh, you know, uh, I was bored at home. And so mm-hmm. I was like, let's make a flamethrower. So I had a fire extinguisher. I threw some 100% gas in it. And uh, Lauren was definitely pregnant this time. 100% gas. Yeah. 100% okay. Gas. Okay. <laughs> so charged up to 100 PSI and uh, it exploded and it lit my face on fire. I'll have to show you some pictures later. I'm talking about like. I feel like I vaguely remember this. Did you? We posted this. You posted this? I posted this before. Yeah. I, I feel like I've seen it somehow. It 100% you're going to have to show it to me. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, we had a doctor's appointment the next morning uh, to an ultrasound our first ultrasound. And so here I am, no, no pain medicine yet. And it happened at like four or five o'clock in the evening, the day prior wow. and no medicine. And so I go to this appointment at like eight in the morning and I am just, I look like Freddy Cougar. I have no emotions. And the ultrasound shows two black dots. And I said, Oh man, you know, out loud. And then the, the nurse was like, Oh, and Lauren was freaking out. Uh-huh. She's like, well, you have twins. She almost had a panic attack on the table. I'm basically emotionless. I'm happy inside, but right. outside I'm on fire. And, uh, but dude, I'm so blessed. Mm. God has, he really knew what he was doing. Um, we wanted a boy and a girl. I'm so happy we did not have a girl. Really? Yeah. Uh, having two boys is awesome. Yeah. Um, Getting them on schedule, you know, they woke up every hour and 45 minutes, pee, poo, eat, you know, wow. for the first three, mi- three months. But without Lauren, you know, I couldn't, there's no way I could have done it. Yeah. But uh, them growing up, you know, I call them my little turds, you know, just as a joke. Sure. Before back and, you know, back and forth. Sure. But uh, we, uh, man, we wrestle all day long. They're funny. Mm-hmm. You know, w- w- the moment they, they like, they started learning jokes. Oh, man. That's all they do now. They yeah. just joke back and forth and they, they make me really laugh. And I have a lot of good best friends. Those guys, those two boys, they are, oh man, they're my best friends. Mm-hmm. We do everything together. We've gone all of the United States together. They love camping. They asked to go camping, kayaking, bike riding, all this stuff. And I think their first, their first extended camp trip um, was in the winter. I remember in like 30, 20 degree weather. For five days. Oh wow! And so, and they were nine months old. And so, since then, we've done several week camp trips in all kinds of temperatures, climates. Mm-hmm. Uh, all Almost the like States. they're accustomed to it. They've been in it so long. Yeah, uh, they love it. Yeah. So that's awesome. I want to dive into this point that what you just said. You couldn't have done it without your wife. You couldn't no. have done it. There's a lot of single families out there, single parent families. Um, I'm a big proponent of mother and father. I'm a yes. big proponent of that being having the masculine, feminine, feminine polarity in their lives, boys and girls. I think mm-hmm. is extremely vital for growth and everything else, and that's coming also from a medical standpoint. What is your view on that? And do you think um, that really impacts children overall? 
I mean, you look at like statistics of single parent homes, especially like just female. Mm-hmm. Like you, I, you, a kid needs a male and a female, or excuse me, not a male, female, a mom and a dad. Right. Like, okay, you can do it with just a mom, but do it with just a dad. But once they grow up, statistically, you look at like uh, people going into jail, mm-hmm. doing crimes and stuff, and you look at you it comes from their childhood of was it just a single mother or single father? Um, they need a male influence in their life because um, like masculinity and holding like I hold my kids to a high standard. They're four years old, but like we got. The teacher today, when I went to go pick him up from school, she said, you know, Lincoln um, said, this is boring. And, oh, man, I don't want to do this. And uh, back talked her like, I'm not not saying Lauren would just say, oh, OK, you know, just work on that. Like, I'm holding to a standard. I went home and had a talk with them like, this is not acceptable. You, you, you're going to grow up and be a good kid. Right. To grow up to be a good young man, to a good man, father, a husband, you know. I think it all starts from from childhood. Right. I think of times my mom uh, would say, wait till your dad gets home. Yeah. My mom's saying stuff. It's like, okay, I'll do the right thing. But wait wait till your dad gets home. Totally different demeanor. Totally a heavy hand kind of upbringing. So I've talked about this on the podcast. My dad was uh, military. Mm -hmm. Granddad was military, World War II. So my upbringing was a very kind of militaristic style um, and all that. How was your father? And I'm sorry about your father's passing. I didn't know that actually about you. Yeah. I know you've had to deal with that and all that. Um, but how was your, you know, upbringing with your father? Your parents divorced. You said at 13 years old, and then mm-hmm. it was just your dad, right? Mm-hmm. So how was that upbringing like? What was that experience like for you? As far as prior to that, when I lived with my whole family, born in Illinois, moved to Texas, and then moved here in 2003. And uh, my parents have always been great to me. We didn't grow up in the best means of living. You know, they always took care of us. We didn't have a lot of money. You know, we weren't broke. We had more than others. Mm-hmm. But uh, when my uh, mom left, you know, it was just my dad and I, and he did everything he could to support, you know, me and let me do what I wanted, you know, band and track and stuff. And he did a really good job. Um, really good father. Mm-hmm. Really. Uh, he taught me things that, I needed to know for the future, you know, um, things that, I mean, a real, just a father should teach. He, he, he hit the nail on the head. Mm-hmm. He did a good job. As far as him being a father to you, you said he was a great father. He did all mm-hmm. that. Do you feel like that influenced you in being a dad? Is there things you think you change? Is it a lot of your fathering to your children modeled after what he did for you? Yeah. So that being said, when my, I don't, so my, I have, I'm the youngest of five. Oh, wow. And my oldest sibling is like 37, 8. I'm not really sure. It's bad, but no, it's <laughs> older than me. Yeah. And uh, and so the the guy they knew, the father they knew, is a completely different father than I knew. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, oh, man, dad never let me do that. You know, so I used to stay out late on school nights. And, oh, man, my dad would never let me do that. You know, um, and then my dad wasn't. I might say he wasn't a Christian back in the day, but like, he wasn't the best man, mm-hmm. you know, the best husband, I guess you could say, the best father figure, a lot mm-hmm. of work and stuff. Um, so the guy I knew was different than like my brother and sister. They knew. And so I spent more time with him. Um, 
you know, he had he died when I was twenty, and I was living at home with him, and so everyone else lived, you know, seventeen, eighteen years old, and then I got to spend a few more years with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, uh, in my young adult stages of life, he was a hardcore Christian, devoted, gave. He was involved in like five different churches every single day, coming home from work, immediately going to churches, and he'd take me with him and praying in public. You know, when we eat, we took our hat off our head and we sat in a restaurant and prayed, and he sure. made me pray. He said, Luke, you need, you're going to need to know how to do this. And it was, I was nervous. I was shaking, man. I was nervous. And I sure. got his good guys right. Thank you, Lord, for this food, you know? And, uh, and that was awesome. You know, public prayer, that's that's hard, mm-hmm. you know. It is. And so, like, now, I remember the first time I asked Lauren to pray with me. It was at Applebee's. I remember the booth, and she was, what, what, looking <laughs> around. And, uh, you know, because my dad did that to me. So, it, yeah, it was, it was awesome. So, what he was trying to do worked. Um, you know, tithing, I, I don't do as much as I should. Sure. He was hardcore tithing. Um, and so, he... Yeah. uh. He did a good job. He did a good job. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that answered your question or not. But. It did. It did. <clears throat> so you said early in childhood it was like that. Do you know what kind of flipped the switch? Anything he went through specifically? or The divorce. Yeah. Yeah, so mom and dad, they were always great to us. Um, but they they kind of, they were married and, you know, slept in the same bedroom and in the same house, but they really kind of had not much to do with each other. Right. And then my mom, I woke up one morning and... Um, my mom and her, her parents came to Alabama to visit and, uh, I woke up evidently as a pretty heavy sleeper with all my crap packed. And she said, all right, we're going to Texas. I said, what? Yeah. I was like, no, I'm not. Mm. And I was 13 and I said, I'm staying with dad. And, uh, she said, okay, I have to go, you know? And I don't know what that's about. My mom and I. I never, I never pushed to ask her, mm-hmm. you know, it's irrelevant if I know it or not. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't change anything. And if, that, if she has her own personal excuse for it, I'm, you know, she hasn't come out and told me yet. So I'm not going to, that's in the past. Yeah. You know, I, your parents divorced uh, somewhat young. I would say 13. You said my parents divorced when I was 19. Yeah. Uh, and I've talked about that with a lot of people, a lot of men I speak with, um, you know, they'll say, you know, my parents divorced when I was five or eight or whatever. I don't know what's worse, not knowing yeah. or knowing everything. Like when yeah. parents divorce and split, knowing every single part of the divorce, knowing why it happened, who did what yeah. versus, you know, not knowing anything and just being at peace with that. I don't really know what's worse or honestly, or what's better. I don't know. I mean, I'm the kind of person that like, if you're not going to tell me, I'm not going to push it. Yeah. Because then I'm kind of forcing you to tell me. Mm. I want you to come on your own means. Um, Good point. But, um, you know, when she moved to Texas, she got involved with like the CERT team. Are you familiar with CERT? I'm not. It, Gazin has a lot of big cities. So like natural disasters come out or they happen and okay. a group of civilian people and volunteer yes. themselves. And then yes. she got like, she sent us a picture one day of her in like SWAT gear with a SWAT robot. And also she next, she joins like a woman's competitive shooting team. And like, she never shot with us. And, uh, you know, just, she just started kind of doing a whole bunch of different things. She's a school teacher now in Houston, Texas. And my dad just immediately just switched everything to God, you know, full devoted, um, 
It happened New Year's Eve 2014, I think. And, uh, you know, he had a breakdown. He told me about that. And uh, I guess re-gave his life to God and said, like, from now on, I'm giving you everything. Mm. And so it was awesome to hear that. Very heavily involved. And uh, and my, my mom, she's like, you know, all this man that y'all talk of, I never knew him. We're like, what? She's like, he was never like that when we were married. Mm. He was completely different, you know? And so I, I, I feel bad. You know, I wish she could experience that. They probably wouldn't have gotten a divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, but I yeah. don't know. Things happen for a reason. And hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. Uh, I can mention a lot of sayings, I feel like, to to explain all that. But that wasn't the path. That wasn't what, what God intended for some reason. And I think we try to rationalize things that happen in life. I know I have. Like, if I would have done this, mm-hmm. or if I would have, you know, done this better, folks, that wasn't my journey. That wasn't the path. That wasn't for me. And I think the same in their situation, you know, uh, everything is cliche, but it happened for a reason. Yeah. The growth was there for a reason. Um, you know, your dad's passing as horrible as that, as that was, he committed his life to Christ, you know, at that time, somewhat closely before that. Right. Maybe there was a reason for that as well. You know, now we know where he's at. Well, like, so he was involved with a lot of different, uh, things faith-based wise. So he went out. I was like, Dad, you need to, like, East Gaston, you know, hood, you know, a white man, mm-hmm. six foot three, walking around. And uh, I was like, Dad, like, you need to be carrying a gun. No, he'd, he'd be just going out there, friends with everyone, wow. and talking about God. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, going up to, like, the the street workers, the girls, and like, hey, like, I'll give you money, but I want just your time to listen. Okay? Wow. Here's a, here's a a gift card or cash. Um, here's a Bible and some like some uh like bathroom like uh women products and uh you know just normal um brushing teeth. Hygiene based stuff. Hygiene. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Brain fog, I'm moving, you know. No, no, you're good. Um and so he would do that. And uh when we were cleaning out his car after he died, there was this hit had a whole bunch of notes everywhere. Took notes and it said tattoo face and it had a number. And, uh, when he died, we had, a he was cremated, but we kind of had like a celebration of life at, uh, Southside United Methodist. Okay. And there were so many people that we didn't know, like people who had a stand, people were out in the, uh, the, the outside of the church, just kind of listening. Wow. And all of a sudden, you know, God of War. Yeah. Okay. Kratos. Yeah. Yeah. So he had a God of War, his entire, he had legit tattoo of his entire body. Oh. And he was a, uh. Like a pimp. Okay. And all these women that he saved, um, these girls, these street workers that he um, essentially bought all these things for them when it comes to like new places to stay, um, new clothes, kind of get them out of that life. Um, They showed up. uh, He ended up going up to that pimp and like converting him to the Christianity for him to stop pimping. Wow. And so he showed up and... uh, to the celebration of life. I was like, dude, you know, he did like some crazy street ministry. Mm-hmm. He went out there to get uncomfortable, to be the the light in the dark. So that's what God calls us to do. Yeah. To be uncomfortable. Jesus said that when he was here, you know, yeah. Uh, salt of the earth, man, we got to be a light and that's it. You know, 
we want to stay comfortable. We want to go mission to places that, well, I, I can do this. I can get an Instagram post. I can do all this stuff. God, there, it's outside the back door. Yeah. It's right there. And literally there's a whole group of people there. That's incredible, man. And who knows how many people uh, he truly impacted doing that, man. Yeah, and he ne- he never, you know, he was out there with the what people would call the scum of life. Sure. What are you doing around them? Look at Jesus, man. He went to tax collector's house and ate dinner with them. Mm-hmm. So. Lady at the well. Yeah. She was a prostitute as well. Um, You know, that's, it's what we're called to do. Yeah. You know, we're called to be uh, loving to people, minister to people, regardless of who they are. And yeah. I think the Christians get caught up in that. Some people judge, some people do other things, but. You know, that's that's what Jesus called us to do, man. That's yeah. it. So that's it. We went all in on that. Yeah, that, that was awesome, dude. Amazing, amazing. So uh wife, kids, love it. Now, we were in band together. I mentioned before you played clarinet. Clarinet. You did. Now you're a fireman buff dude, fit, all <laughs> I'm that. A buff, now, you well, I'd say. I'd say. But uh if you told me that you were in band, I wouldn't say you played clarinet. It's not my most proudest moment. <laughs> okay. So I, I was in drumline. I've mentioned that before in the podcast, all that. We were in band together. You know this. Uh, and your wife played trumpet. Mm-hmm. So sixth grade, you joined band, right? Yeah. So what was the process like going to play clarinet? How was that chosen for you? Tell me about it. So I chose clarinet because my sister used to play clarinet, my oldest sister. Okay. And uh, I remember going, watching her like in school. I was like, well, you know, that, that's cool. I wanted to play the saxophone and like trumpet. I would, I, I regret, I wish I would have done band or not band, uh, percussion. Oh yeah. Um, but I was stupid and I was in sixth grade. I was like, I want to play the flute, you know, didn't know any better. You yeah. know, guys, not flute, the clarinet, guys don't play clarinet. Right. And, uh, yeah. So I played clarinet. I was like, well, I'm not, let's stick it out. And, uh, definitely got made fun of it. Yeah. But at the time I was like, you know, I really don't care about what you think. Um, which was pretty cool. And like, uh, band camp because they, they they put the the clarinets right behind the color guard <laughs> so that was pretty cool yeah um but uh yeah i was just that weird guy in band that played the clarinet that's awesome dude but the i think the strength man what you just said i don't care what people think not many high schoolers middle schoolers can do that i think you kind of underestimate your strength there well you know um in my adult life that 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 right there saying you know i don't i don't care because like i'd get fun of people joking this and that i'm it's like dude, I'm, I'm not gonna let yeah. that affect me you know it just um i wasn't the most strong-willed kid but um that's really helped me in my adult life like i'm not people at work you know they say this and that like i'm not gonna get mad the mental fortitude i think that you probably developed as a young young kid probably helped you in life as well right yeah you know i'm just mm-hmm. if you if you let something like that get in your head and just it's just going to sit there and get bigger and bigger and bigger and yep. demonize in your head. You know, just, Hey man, you know, they don't, they don't pay your bills. They don't walk in your shoes. They don't go home and do the things you do. Like what does their opinion matter? Now that being said, like someone says, Hey dude, your breast stinks or, you know, maybe you should take that. Like I should, yeah. you know, have more dental yeah, hygiene or, or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, or Hey, like you're really slacking at work. Don't blow that off. But when it comes to like people taking blows at you, I just, and wipe that crap off. Well, I mean, th- you know, you play clarinet because of your uh, sister. sister, you mm-hmm. know. People don't understand that. That was important to you. You chose to do it, whatever. Um, I-, I think it is a lot of people get stuff in their head and they ruminate on it, and it can destroy people. There's yeah. people that are 
massive people, uh, you know, that it, it ends for them badly, um, to say the least. And, um, man, but just the mental fortitude there, that's pretty impressive, man. But I went all in, you know, uh, band, um, when I got in high school, what's it called? Jazz band? Yeah. March band? Well, I was in jazz band. I don't know if we were in it together. I think I did like sophomore, junior, so I don't yeah. think you are in it then, but, mm-hmm. but jazz band's fun, man. Yeah. Well, cool, man. But band, yeah, it was fun. Band camp, nothing like it. Yeah, it was, like it. it was fun. It was interesting. Yeah, hot. Yeah. Hot in Alabama summers. Yeah, it was hot. Yeah. So band for you, uh, senior year, did, did you do anything, band captain, anything like that? So I actually quit band in uh, 10th grade. No. Yeah, so uh, 11th and 12th, I was not in band. Wow. I mean, Mr. Haskey was the band director. At yes. The time. And uh, Old Haskey, shout out. Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> hey, go. But, uh, you know, I was like, I was running a lot. Mm-hmm. I was skinny, like crackhead skinny back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I was really good at running, though. And so I was like, I quit band to do cross country and track two different seasons. You know, he was kind of upset by it, but, you know, I just... Hey, I, I kind of want to do what I want to do, and uh, I don't regret it. Lots of strength, dude. Want to do what you want to do. That mental fortitude developed pretty young, it seems like, man. I, I wouldn't say that, but yeah. I think so. I think so. We had people, um, Hal Murphy. Hal Murphy was band director. Yeah. And we had a few people quit when he exited. I was a freshman when he stopped, and then Haskew, when I was a sophomore, came in, and uh, some people got upset about that and quit, and uh, it tore me up. I actually had some really talented people quit, but... That's everybody's journey, man. They didn't want to be a part. That's all right. You know, yeah. it all worked out and everything else. But, uh, but yeah, let's talk about Ben Haskew a little bit. I want to talk about him for a little bit. Okay. You know, I want to say something that he told me. I forgot when it was, but I was about to graduate high school. And he told me, I, I have a vision for you to be a CEO, to be up there at the top doing all this stuff. Dang. Him and Kenny Clevenger. You remember Kenny Clevenger? Think so. Shout yeah. out to him as well. Yeah, great English teacher. Yeah, he's assistant principal, I think, or something somewhere. But uh, both of them really impacted my life a lot. Was there anybody like that, kind of in the high school arena, that impacted you? You did track, running coach, anything like that? My running coach, Adam Swan. Yeah, uh, Coach Pool. I don't remember his first name. Awesome guys, Adam. Do you know Adam Swan? I do. Yeah, in the gas area. Heavily involved in church. Really good at playing guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a beast. Still is a beast. And uh, short guy, real buff, mm-hmm. and just could run and run and run. And he was always there. He was just a, always gave you the inspiration of like, man, you can do it. Mm-hmm. You just got to just like, it's all in your head. And uh, yeah, he really helped me out mentally as far as like, just, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, there's some pain here, but like, and if you just keep on going, you're going to reap the benefits of it. That's right. You, you're you're going to win. And so Coach Bull is really good. And then Haskew, you know, he he got really emotional a lot. He did. Yeah, like to the point to where you might see a tear or something in his eye. But he get, he had passion in that. That's right. And seeing that passion and being vulnerable with your passion was really, really cool. Well, that is true strength. And I think yeah. some people see tears as – Oh, you're being weak and all that. When you're tearful and passionate and your heart is in it yeah. as a man, that's a, that's the most powerful man there is, period. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When you, you talk about the better man, like, forget that whole pride thing, dude. Pride is a force. It's just It'll rap. destroy you. It'll, It'll destroy, destroy you. you. You know? Um, and it's a facade. Yeah. You know, it makes you try to act like somebody you're not. Anyway. All those guys were trying to put themselves out there to try to make you better. You know? getting emotional because like they want 
Mr. Hatsky wanted every single person in there to succeed and mm. be the best, better than him, you know. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but I don't know. Um, in high school, that's about it, really. Um, I didn't do very good in high school. So, well, <laughs> what do you mean by that? I, I wasn't the smartest kid, still not the smartest guy. Didn't devote a lot of like care towards school mm-hmm. as much as I should have. Yeah. Like, I wish Spanish. I love Spanish. Mm. What's her name? Hutchinson's? Did you take Spanish? Yeah, but I don't think I had her. Took Spanish one and Spanish two. I had Hughes. Spanish one. Hughes then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, she was really devoted in teaching Spanish. She was. And uh, very animated as well, doing yes. stuff and all that. Yeah. Yeah, I respect her a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, really appreciate her. But I think any in any part of life, anybody, male, female, that's been impactful, they were passionate toward their craft. You yes. see, we talk about Haskey, your track people, Spanish teacher, all these people. We remember them because they were passionate. They were devoted yeah. and, and really put a lot into it. Um, I think that's a challenge for us, stuff that we participate in. You know people that have halfway done stuff. Like, you feel it. You feel that energy. You see the product and all that's just halfway done. So I think for us, too, it's a challenge for everybody, you know, to go all in. If you're going to do something, go all in with it. You yeah. know, if, and if you take on too much, you can't be all in on certain things, lighten your load. That would be my uh, direction for that. Make sure that whatever you're doing is 100%, you know, and make sure that yeah. you can give that, especially when kids are involved, because they're going to remember that. Man. Yeah, and that, that brings a good point, you know. Don't take too big of a bite. You said, you know, withdraw some. Yeah. That's huge, man. People take in, especially I think as like young adults, yep. jumping into careers and relationships and this and that, they get so heavily involved and they just they get so overwhelmed and anxiety and depression and all that, whatever it may be. Just kind of let let loose a little bit That's as far right. as like, you know, I am taking too big of a bite here. I'm going to step back just to, to, to be a happier person. Mm-hmm. So... Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool, dude. Well, we touched on track, so we're going to talk about fitness. It was kind of down my list, but we're going to go ahead okay. and talk about fitness. So you did track. Uh, what was your fitness journey like? Was that kind of the first time you did physical activity, kind of starting track and all that? Yeah. I mean, I re- when, when we got in trouble as a kid, my dad made us run. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we just were very, I was a good runner, just naturally, and uh, did, didn't do any weights as you saw in like band camp in high school that was a twit i was like like this man yeah and uh joining comcast when i worked at honda i had a um i worked at like planet fitness okay but uh when i joined comcast some guys like getting gym getting gym i got in it for a little while then uh i joined the fire department dude you get fat in the fire department fast sitting and eating man sitting and eating man (laughs) Oh gosh! And then when Lauren got pregnant, I was working uh, at Etowah County Jail and Gas and Fire both full time. Oh wow! So it was I mean 110 hours a week eating fast food. Whoa! Eat sleep. 110 work hours. Yeah. What? Yeah. Which fire now? You're not. You know, you're 48, but like you said, you're not going 48 hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, I work 48 now sometimes just for overtime. Mm-hmm. But uh, 24 on, 48 off, and those 48 off, I'm working another full time job. Um, okay. At the jail at that time, it was just eat and sleep and work. That's it. Yeah. And I hated it, um, devoting time away from my family. But I looked at myself. I said, saw a picture of myself. I said, dude, my face is fat. I was like, oh my gosh, when did I get this way? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I got to change. 
I, de- I developed heart issues. Really? Know? Yeah. Um, cardiac problems. I'm on three blood pressure pills a day. Um, I'm in relatively good shape. I got a, I got a decent little gut. We all do, man. Yeah, Life gets some, some love handles. <laughs> uh, yeah, my, my love third, food, yeah. my third chin says hey every once in a while. Oh uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. Now that, talk about fitness. When it comes to fitness, like I have to go to the gym. That's I don't take any like anxiety medicine or right. or anything depression. The gym satisfies that. Yep. Um, for me, I tell Lauren like I have to go to the gym. Real because I I go in there I get in. Listen to the music I want to. That's my prayer time. You know, kind of one-on-one God talking like, hey, man, you, you got this. You can do it with me. I can do Because of you, I can do it. Um, he gives me the strength to do it, and I, I love it. And I get it. I can work some work some anger out, Absolutely. some stress out. And uh, then you start seeing some results. You're like, man, I feel, I feel good. Mm-hmm. It's addictive. Once you get in there and start seeing results, that's it. Like, at first, anybody that's starting a fitness journey, they're, starting anything is tough in the beginning. It's yeah. going to be tough. But once you get in there, once you start seeing the results, then it just snowballs. It gets addictive and you just take off. That's kind of what happened to me. I started when I was 15. You remember all the drumline guys, lifted weights, oh, yeah. fit, all that. So I was really heavy when I was like 14, 15 years old. Probably about 275, no muscle at all. Just heavy. And so uh, I've told this many times on the podcast. So I was like, I want to look like those guys. I want to be like these guys. Yeah. And so that's kind of what got my fitness journey involved. So going back to... You did track, and then you kind of gained some weight, stuff, you know, all that. What was kind of the tipping point for you? You said that you developed heart issues. Yeah. Was there like a wake-up call, like an aha moment? What happened to really make you be like, I've got to do this? Well, like, you know, in, in, as a guy, like in your head, you take your shirt off and look in the mirror like, man, I look good. But then like, you see a picture of yourself like from the side, and you're like, oh, gosh. Yeah. Like, dang, man, I, I look pathetic. Yeah. I thought I looked good, but I didn't. And like... <clears throat> Like I'd I'd run somewhere, like chase someone, or you know, just joking around playing football outside. I'm like Ugh, out of breath. I'm like this. I, I I used to not do like this, you know. Right. Um. So cardiac issues, seeing a cardiologist, and then like I hit the 200. Yeah, I hit 200 pounds. I was like, Dang. and you're how tall? I'm five eleven. Okay. With a pair of slippers on. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, uh, just... and so I was like, I don't want to go over 200 again. Sure. Now I'm okay with going over 200 if I can get rid of this and get some muscle, um, which I'm like 193, 195. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember when I was 193 <laughs> in like seventh grade. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, for real. Well, uh, yeah, I love it. Um, real big into cardio. Yeah. And then like I don't run anymore. Um, I do stair climber and bike because I don't want to blow a knee out because mm-hmm. I have to work. Um, but uh. I love I love lifting weights, man. It it's it makes me feel so good, and I, like I want to look at, like I want I see a guy, I'm like, dang, he, it, you don't you look at these guys out in the street or whatever, and you're like, dang, he, you know, no homo, you know, he looks good, right? Yeah. But like, like man, he's got his back is chiseled, he got giant biceps, and then you start working out, you're like, this is hard. Like man, I, why does he look like that? Mm-hmm. He devotes so much time. And mental strength when it comes to like, don't eat a bag of popcorn at night. Right. Every night, you know. I don't think people emphasize that enough. Like yeah. how how much, you discipline. know, even if you take whatever drugs, whatever. Yeah. This incredible discipline that it takes because uh, most of the time I'm not going to lie, I have milk and cookies almost. <laughs> <laughs> I have to man, and then for me to to stop that, it's going to be a lot. Uh, yeah. And so people that 
we all have those cravings and all that, but being able to say no is, is tough sometimes. Yeah. Tough, especially with food. A lot of mental fortitude. They're, they're strong physically, emotionally. Um, so I don't know. I worked a bodybuilding show the other day. It's oh, an EMT. Wow. And uh, I was like, dang, this, re-, you know, people see bodybuilders and like, ooh, mean. Yeah. Oh man, those are the nicest guys, girls and guys ever. Yeah. They're so, you know, they're so nice to each other. And, uh, you know, if you're going into the gym, don't be intimidated by these big dudes. They're going to help you out. Yeah. And, uh, majority of them, you know, but, yep. um, really, I, I love the whole gym atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I do so. too. It's good. You know, and, and, uh, iron sharpens iron. I say that all the time. And so, you know, seeing each other motivates each other, seeing each other yep. doing well. I think some people see people that succeed and they kind of get jealous of that. I've kind of been in that aspect. It's always made me want to go higher. Like mm-hmm. I want to get better. I see people that are better than me and I'm like, okay, I can do that. If they can do that, we can, you know, we can both be there. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, I don't have to knock them down and me go in their spot and be better. Uh, never really had that mindset, but yeah, fitness is like that, man. There's exceptions, you know, ran to a few that are kind of not so nice and all that, but yeah, overall yeah. it's a good atmosphere. Something that kind of popped in my mind to ask you. So people starting out in the gym, a lot of gyms are intimidating. We have Planet Fitness, Lunk Alarm, all that. That's an atmosphere type yeah. place you can go. But uh, people that, that don't work out, that have men that have some body dysmorphia type stuff, kind of concerned about what people are going to think about them, how would you kind of enter them into the fitness area or arena? How would you how would you go about that? Man, you know, everyone, you never know what's going on in their head, but if you don't do it, you're, a year from now you'll be like, Man, I wish I would have done it. Yeah, you just 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 start. Just just get in there. It might it may suck. You may it may be uncomfortable, but you got to get out of that comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Get out of your comfort zone. It's 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 easier said than done, but you you do it and you will not you will not just be disappointed. Yeah, I think going being disciplined, you're never going to regret that. You know, yeah, that's something you're never going to regret. And um, but yeah, great man. Appreciate the fitness journey and all that. Talking about all that. Now, we talked about you being a fireman a little bit before. We talked about that throughout. Tell me about your journey. You said you did um, Comcast mm-hmm. work, and then you started the fire. So when you started fire, what kind of made you want to do that and kind of go through that whole journey of being a firefighter? Yeah, so uh started a firefighter. I was in decent shape at the time uh, back in 2016, and uh, which I told you I wanted to do something with my life, change my life. And so I had the great attitude of like, man, I'm going to get in here. I'm going to make a difference. Mm. So I had a really good head on my shoulders. Just got married. My wife had my back. You know, I went through 10 weeks of uh, training Monday through Friday um, and then came home and studied all the material. Mm. And, uh, you know, fire school, it it can be easy. You just got to you just got to do it and give your 100 percent. You know, because that guy next to you is also giving his hundred percent next to you, so you can't don't be that ninety percent because you're gonna slow them down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I loved it. I love the physical training. Um, I wish I could do rookie school again, but without any of the testing. The testing sucked, mm-hmm. um, but just the physical aspect was awesome. And then you get in the fire service, and uh, it's not quite how you how you think it'd be. Like you're like, oh man, I'm a, I'm gonna work with a bunch of dudes. It's gonna be awesome. And then like you're like. Dang, there's a lot of drama here. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's like it's like girls in a uh, a hair salon, you know. Dang. Just a lot of a lot of backstabbing and and this and that. But mm-hmm. that's not the whole fire service. The fire service is great. Right. I have a guy named Vance Brown, dude. I call him Pops. He's been so good to me 
when it comes to like a journey to be a man, mm-hmm. I I look I look up to him. He is like what you say a father figure. Mm-hmm. You know, you get those guys. I have a lot of good. My, some of my best friends are firemen to this day. And uh, Wiley Quarles, I know Wiley. Yeah, yeah. He came on <laughs> he far. years after me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, great guy. I know a bunch of them. Yeah, and uh, you know, the fire service is what you make out of it. Yeah. You know? Um. Same with like nursing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. You could get burnt out, but what I, ch- I, t- I tell every single guy this when they first come in the fire service. It took me a while to, to, to know this, but like, don't listen to what people say about someone else. Form your own opinion. Yes. I said, I'm, I'm going to give you the best advice I can give you. And then you could say, I want no more advice from you or whatever. But the first thing I'm going to tell you is form your own opinion about him, about him, about her. Because people just have a vendetta for some people. Absolutely. So, don't make, don't let someone else saying, oh, he's a piece of crap. You're like, I don't know him, but I'm gonna jump on the bandwagon, you know, form your own opinion. Is yeah. that, that guy that said that he could be the, the backstabber guy that you, you can't trust those guys that you can't, you know, say your own personal business about sure. because they're going to go around and just say, Hey, you know, you bl- blab it out to everyone. But there, there's very few people. There's a bad apple in every job. Absolutely. But uh, I think it's important to be insightful about that. And yeah. I think that's, that is common, but you're right. There's bad apples everywhere. Um, had experiences myself, you know, in the workplace and stuff like that. Tell people things vulnerable with people and then everybody knows it, you know, thought it was kind of, you know, tight and all that. Is it the end of the world? No, no, but still, you know, I thought that you had my back. I thought we were cool. You know, I thought we could talk about that. Just learn from experiences happened a lot in my twenties. Uh, you learn from those experiences and everything like that. Um, but yeah, interesting you say about the the fire. But I think once you get tons of people, different personalities, just the way it is, man. Yeah, uh, it's hard. Some guys act like women sometimes, caddy, all that. But unfortunately, that that's not very fun. But it's not. But you know, the job is great. It's mm-hmm. it could be rewarding. And then you know, when it comes to it, could be stressful. You know, you're gone from home a lot. It seems like your house. If you own a house, things break. Yeah, it breaks when you're at work. Right. Um. But uh, so doing repairs. Let me ask you this: like, if something breaks, do y'all have to repair it? Do you, when is the limit to call somebody to repair something? How does that work? Are you talking about the fire station? Yeah, at the fire station. Oh man, Rainbow City. Mm-hmm. Not talking bad about Gaston. Rainbow City is bougie fire department. I, I, okay. I love some of some Rainbow City. Mm-hmm. Love Gaston too, though. Um, you know, sometimes you fix it yourself. Yeah, because you you say, hey, I need. This is broken, and that's it could why be, I needed this whole house. <laughs> it could be we fix it myself. Yeah, just fix it yourself. Sometimes, yeah. um, everyone pitches in money, and if you have a really cool station, pitch in money, and they'll fix it, buy something new. Mm. But uh, you know, it's great group, of, great group of guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Most people call it rewarding. You would call it rewarding being a fireman and all that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you see stuff, you know, pre medical field to. Like in the hospital, doing, seeing both of them, yep. you know, being hands-on in both of them, pre-medical or pre-hospital, you're in someone's nasty house, no lights, you know, you're working off a flashlight, doing a code. It can be difficult. It'd be gross. Um, and some, some guys just kind of let that go to their head. I see, you see a lot of nasty stuff. Um, you got to patch them up and just, just do it. Yeah. Um, you kind of get in a, you do it enough, you just kind of get in a role, say, you know, he's shot, you know, let's, I know exactly what to do. Right. If you have a good group of guys, really, 
there's no talking involved. Everyone kind of knows their spot. They know their role. That's I, right. I love that. Um, it can be hectic. The fires are awesome. They're not awesome, okay? <laughs> but they're not. They're devastating. Right. But it's an edible thing that's going to happen to someone, unfortunately. But uh, Well, I think men like challenge. A fire is a challenge. Yeah. When we overcome it, we save people, we douse it, get it out, whatever. Uh, that's a rewarding thing. Yeah. The, I don't the, think that's wrong to say. The rewarding aspect of going in there and say, man, I, I found the fire, put it out, minimal uh, damage to the house. Like, right. That's a really good feeling. Mm-hmm. And then some are like, I cannot find the fire. I, I, you get done with the fire, eventually four hours, and you're like, man, I, that sucked. Like, yeah. You just feel bad because I wish I could have done this. I wish I could have done that. Knowing what you could have done, let that happen to your next fire. You know, let that uh, kind of just remember that next well, fire. Mistakes are inevitable. Learning from them, that's the key. And I yeah. think that's, that's no exception for sure being to the fire. Interesting that you say that. You know, I worked emergency medicine most of my career. Mm-hmm. So, uh, good relationships, a lot of EMS, firemen, stuff like that. Them coming in from the place. Now, Logan Johnson was recently on the podcast. I told you about that. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be an EMT in the ER. A lot of them want to do that. You yeah. know, you can work as, as EMS inside the ER. And so it's cool to see both sides. I know you said it was important being in the field, seeing that whole process. How And then when you get to the hospital, it's kind of like everything unpacks. It's different, more structured and all yes. that. So what's your experience been seeing both sides? You, you said you enjoy that, enjoy seeing all that. Yeah, so... Uh, recently went to advanced DMT. I still can't pass the class, whatever. I did tell myself. Tests are hard, man. It's terrible. Man, you probably have the knowledge. It's just the test. Uh, seriously. Yeah. You know, <laughs> medical uh, stuff. what, what color there's say, uh, questions like a guy was shot. What do you do next? And they're like, feed the chicken, walk the cow, you know, get in a bus or go home like those are the que- those are the answers yeah. like what yeah like, this doesn't even make sense right and uh yeah the knowledge is there i just mm. can't pass the test nursing same way dude terrible but, i think uh, anybody would attest to that medical is just is tough no matter what field you're in yeah but i'll tell you this dude i love the er whenever i pass advanced dmt yeah um i'm definitely gonna work in the er mm-hmm. i love it it is awesome completely different um a lot of light <clears throat> it's clean um, you work with a different group of people, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, man, it's, it's so, it's interesting to see, yeah, pre-medical or pre-hospital, which is this patch, 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 let's get them to the hospital. And once you right. get to the hospital, you're like, man, this is way different. It's a lot more technical. Well, it's time to unpack it. It's time to dive into why are they here? We yeah. see these injuries. How are we going to stabilize this? When you're, in the field, when you're in the field, it is stabilization. Yeah. Keep them alive, get them to the nearest place and let them do the work. And so when you're in the ER, it's like, okay, they've, they've stabilized this. What is our process now? It's time to A fix. lot more, right. It's time to fix everything. And that part is really fun. Yeah. I enjoy it. Um, I think if you're in the medical field, if you haven't done both, um, definitely get in there and try it. Yeah. It's cool to see all sides. See, I worked on, I traveled as a med- uh, medical floors. I've seen every side of every part. And so some people, I'd be on a medical floor. I said, the ER is calling a report. They're trying to, I'm like, look, you don't know what's going on down there. Yeah. Like they're trying to get a patient up here because there's somebody coming in that's way sicker than they are. You know what I mean? And so understand having a full understanding of that, it kind of makes you less ignorant of things. Yeah. You, know, you understand why things are happening and you don't get up as upset about stuff because you're like, I understand. You know, that's a, that's a really good point. Beforehand, I was like, why, why are they doing this? Why they, why, why they get so upset? You know, hearing uh, nurses or something talk about about firemen, like, they didn't do this, they didn't do that. And then we get in there, mm-hmm. you get in the ER, and you start working in the ER, and then all of a sudden, like, 
so overwhelming. Boom, it, it clicks. Like that was mm-hmm. that was done what we did. Yeah. It's so much better this way. And so that was really nice getting both sides of it. Right. Having a full understanding, that's what it is, man. I think you people I don't think get mad for no reason. You know, yeah. that's with anything in life. Like there's a deeper cause. Like if somebody's mad about something, there's a deeper cause. It might not be exactly what's happening. Like yeah. that you don't know what's going on in their life, what's behind the scenes and all oh, that. Yeah. And it's the same same there. You know, you're seeing one interaction and there's ten interactions going on at the same time. And you're just upset about one. You don't see what's going on. That's a very valid point for sure. Well, what you just said, it kind of reminded me to say something. You don't know what's going on in their life. The people you work next to, you know, try to leave your home life at home and your work life at work. That too. Because that, that that affects everyone around you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, <clears throat> kudos to the people that work the ambulance. Never going to do it. Yeah. Can't do it. Can't, Can't, I'm no not, that's not my life. No way. Not me either. But very undervalued, very underpaid. Those people. Yeah. Definitely, which, uh, you know, firemen, EMT um, in the medical field, and then worked in the jail for a while in the medical unit, and then uh, reserve police with Leesburg. So I kind of get all the sides and then worked a little bit in the ER. So the whole whole thing, it's good good to kind of jump out and and do all these different things because you you know how they all kind of intertwine to make one great hopefully successful life-saving thing it is um i think people get upset about one specific thing like one group of people but there's a whole chain of people that it takes to do these things like when you call for an ambulance like the amount of people it takes to get somebody there then be there do everything take them to the hospital then everybody i mean if you think about the people it takes to take care of somebody Mm -hmm. very taxing overall yeah you know like as a fireman um Diversion. You familiar with diversion? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're like, dude, why? You know, why, why, why? And then yep. you get in the hospital, and, like, you're working in the ER. You're like, oh, my gosh. It's packed. It's crazy. And Sometimes it's chaotic in there. Yeah. And uh, so then kind of going in there, like, you know, can't can't be mad because you don't know what they're dealing with. It could be way worse. Mm-hmm. So Well, just understanding, like you said, you worked in the ER. You understand you know, if somebody, if a nurse is rude or something's messed up, you, you kind of have, it, it still doesn't excuse it. Yeah. Behave bad behavior is never excused, but at least you have an understanding like, okay, they're going through something. It's not me. They're going through whatever and all that kind of takes it off of you in a way. Yeah. Just brush it off, you know, try and don't, 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 don't take, you know, take it to heart. Just right. have sympathy for them. It's okay. And move on. Yep. Take care of and move on. So we'll talk about, uh, we talked about your fire. Talk about the Christian faith, man. So we are both Christians. Yeah. I grew up, I've talked about in a Christian household since birth. Um, I was expected practically to be a Christian. I grew up in the Baptist church, church, Sunday, Wednesday, Friday nights, whatever, man, I was there. Um, and that's kind of my upbringing, been a Christian my whole life. What was your Christian faith like uh, coming to Christ? I know we've talked about that. I've seen some social media posts post a lot of stuff about that, which is great. Yeah. Um, what's your journey been like with your faith, and and what's it like today? Well, you know, as we know, I've, I've talked a lot about it. I enjoy talking about it. I, I've recently started talking to anyone and everyone about it. Um, so starting out, uh, I believe my parents were Catholic at the time in Illinois, so I was baptized as a newborn uh, in the Catholic Church. Um, and then, uh, just growing up with good morals, you know, people, I think if you don't like read the Bible, know the Bible, you think being a good person gets you to heaven. Right. That, that's just not the case. Right. The Bible clearly says that. So I was like, I'm a good person. I'm gonna go to heaven. 
And then, uh, you know, as a teenager, I think in the Methodist church, I was 12 or 13, uh, I got water baptized again. And I didn't really know much about it. You know, I was like, God is great. Jesus sacrificed. But it never like clicked. Like, you know, Jesus sacrificed for my sins. Okay. You know, I'm gonna go ride a bike when I get home. But like, it wasn't until probably my dad spoke about it a lot, but I was a teenager. I was thinking about like teenager things, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to go out and have fun with my girlfriend. Sure. We're going to go out and we're going to go to the drive-ins, this and that. And so I knew of God and, uh, but it wasn't until like him dying and realized like, dang, like he's in heaven. I know that for sure. You know, I was like, am I going to get in heaven? You know, like look, look at my life. Like, have I stolen? Yes. Have I used God's name in vain? Yes. And just go through the 10 commandments. Mm-hmm. And then like, well, from what I just said, I'm a lion stealing thief that's used God's name in vain. I was like, that, that won't, that's not heaven. I can't get to heaven that. So then, um, Lawrence helped me out a lot in that, uh, our journey. Um, I got baptized in what churches am I go to? Church of the Highlands. Yeah. 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 I got baptized there, I think two years ago, water, mm-hmm. water bath, full bath. And I told my mom that as I, I called her, I said, mom, I just got baptized. She's like, you were baptized as a baby. I was ah. like, ooh. You know, she's diehard Catholic. Okay. And uh, she's like, why did you do that again? I'm like, okay, have a good day. You know, yeah. I was so excited. And from there, I was like, man, I really got to make a difference. Um, it's branching out, you know, praying in public. I've seen it done. And you're like, you kind of like look at them. It's weird. You don't mm. see that happen a lot. But like, I love my wife and my boys. And I, when we go out to eat, we, we pray in public and all I need to do is plant that seed to someone. That's right. Like, it's okay to do this. Like, let's normalize this. And, uh, well, uh, it's praying when big groups of people, when we eat, you know, everyone looks at me and like, we're expecting to pray. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like that because I need to plant the seed. Um, let's normalize it. Um, so it wasn't until, you know, a couple of years ago that like, I want to devote everything now I'm a sinner. I live in sin. I, you know, every single day, mm-hmm. but, uh, repentance, you know, reading the Bible. Um, I think social media could be terrible. Absolutely. Um, but what I did about a year ago, I went through my Facebook and I deleted every like unclean page and Not I, true. my entire Facebook, I, I, I swapped it over to all Christian based stuff. Mm-hmm. So now when I'm scrolling, I'm not looking at all this other just crap. It's a, a lot of Christian pages, a lot of Bible verses, um, a lot of, um, there's this guy that goes out and does like street ministry. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. I love, I can't remember his name, but, uh, like that, that is such a brave man. Yeah. I was like, man, I want to do that. So now when I like, like your dad, like my dad. And so when I go to the gym, you know, I just kind of get that feeling and I'm like, Hey man, let's just go talk about God. And uh, it's it's made me more comfortable with myself getting out, talking to people, um, getting out of my comfort zone was the biggest thing. And mm-hmm. uh, dude, I, I I love it, man. Um, well, yeah. talking about praying, you know, I, I told you I went to New Orleans, went yeah. there for the first time and everything recently. Went with a group of people, and and before you know, everybody we get our food and we're everybody's kind of undoing the silverware slowly. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, hey, I'm going to bless it. You know, I, it's an honor to me being in a group of people be, where people are respectful enough, even, even if you're not of the faith, 
you know, yeah. but sitting there listening to you, honoring that, um, you know, and you talking about speaking out about your faith, being a witness and stuff like that. You know, people are witness to whatever they want to. Some some people have a problem with Christian faith, and that's what's so confusing to me is that we can other people can shout out their beliefs and all that, but when it comes to Christianity, if we shout that out, it's terrible. It's you know abusive or whatever else. Yeah, it's uh it's a strange time we live in. But yeah, man, uh, that's awesome that you use the gym and stuff like that for good, especially. Well, you know, um. I was gonna say something, but I completely, I completely forgot what I'm about I've to say. I've done that like five times, dude. I had yeah. good points, dude. I forgot. <laughs> um, you know, it's just uh, before it wasn't there, it is now, and like I want to talk about it all the time. Yeah, I, I love talking about. Like, I can talk about a lot of my hobbies, solar panel, solar powered stuff, like twelve volt systems, mm-hmm. camping, van life. Like, I could talk about that forever, but like guns, you know. But now, like, I just want to talk to people about God. And I'm I'm not the most knowledgeable like Logan Johnson. Yeah. Dude, he is he's a very wise guy. Very wise very, guy. Very, very, um can quote a lot of stuff, but mm-hmm. I want to eventually be like that, you know. I kinda like I admire him. That's awesome. He disciplines himself. He reads the Bible. Um he's learning and then living in that. Well the Bible talks about always be ready to to tell an account yeah. of of your life, you know, uh who God is and all that. That's that's part of, you know, the Christian faith. Always be prepared to say that. Um, but God isn't asking for the most wise people. Jesus came, all these people that read all these books and like, we do all these laws, we do all this stuff. And Jesus just said, Follow me. I don't you know, all that stuff is is great. But mm-hmm. if you don't follow me, none of that matters. And yeah. you talked about the works based stuff. Um, you know, people believe that that we can work to get to heaven. You know, Jesus said, Follow me. You know, and as we you talk about that you want to talk about your faith all the time. Jesus kind of shapes our heart for that. When you have a change inside of you, it just comes out, being yeah. a witness to people and all that. And like you said, when you see people pray, you don't have to say anything to them. They see that and they're like, they're different. So, their aura, something, and people talk about energy and all this stuff. To an extent, it's true. You know, some yeah. people see that and they're like, something is, di- they have a peace about them. You know, something is different about them. We don't have to sit on the side of the road and yell at people and stuff like that. You don't have to do that. No, you don't have to. Uh, you know, just just be yourself. Be who God is transforming you to be uh, and, and when you're following Jesus, and that's what it's all about. Well, you hit the nail on the head a second ago when you said Jesus or God doesn't choose the person that knows everything, okay? So, like, look at Moses. Yep. Dude, he was a drunk. Yeah. And look what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jesus, the tax collector. End up being a disciple, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. a fisherman of all things. Right. Like, God's not going to choose, or God's going to choose anyone that need, that he needs to. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to be a, a smart man, because I'm mm-hmm. not a smart man. Well, there are all <laughs> kinds of people, you know, throughout the Bible, especially the Old Testament, he took people that were liars, cheaters, thieves, yeah, whatever. I mean, uh, Paul, Saul killed people. Yeah. And he became one of the biggest Christians that ever was. And so that's interesting now in today's time, you know, we think of criminals, we think of different stuff. What if God changes them? You know, mm-hmm. do we look less on them? We shouldn't, but I think human nature, I think some people do, yeah. uh, but that's the real thing. He uses everybody. Whoever wants to follow him, he's going to use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's powerful, man. Um, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's, it's comforting. Mm. So, but uh, yeah, I just... You know, I wish I I wish I would have done it earlier. I wish I would have gotten more involved in it earlier. But we all had a journey. You know, we all have a journey. There was a reason for for what happened. I, I've just been I feel in the last year or two, I've really been big on that. 
I feel like it's in my life. Hindsight's yeah. 2020. I yeah. said that earlier. But it is, you know, in times of my life, and I think, why? Why was that like this? Or why was that? But then I kind of look, give it five, 10 years, and you look back and you're like, oh, that kind of makes sense. You know, um, there was a purpose behind pain. There's a purpose to the pain. Yeah. You know, there's a reason why things happen. There's a reason why now you're on fire. You want to tell everybody about it. Maybe then you would have been kind of, you would have been a Christian, but not really talk to people about it. You know, as much now you're going to minister to so many more people because you're on fire like the way you are. Yeah. You know, and I think it's good to look at it in that way. It, it all, uh, it all culminates to a purpose, man. Well, like what you're doing now, bringing up faith on a social media, like that's awesome. Yeah. You're not scared to talk about it. That's right. respectful. Like, I love that. That's, that's when it comes to the better man. Like that's what makes people better. That's right. Better man. Um, and, and kind of going back to what we're talking about uh, in fitness, like God loves your version now. Yeah. He loves you right now. He loves me right now. I want to be a better Christian. God's not waiting for me in five years from now to love me then. Right. He loves me right now how I am. But if I, if I, if you get in that mindset, well, like I'm going to start reading the Bible more and then he'll, he, you know, he's going to love me more. Like God, God already loves you so much, man. And like when it comes to getting the gym, like don't say next year I'm going to start it. Start right now. Yeah. Start yeah. right now. But God loves us in spite of us loving him. It's yeah. not a uh, always a mutual relationship. God, yeah. in spite of your, he hates your sin. He hates what you're living in, whatever yeah. that may be, but he loves you. And I think that's hard for people even to comprehend. Yeah, um, I grew up with it, uh, understanding that, believing that. But for somebody that doesn't believe that, they're like, you know, every relationship I've had has had to be mutual. You know, it's hard for somebody just to love you and you not even really know them, but they know all about you and, and love you in spite of that. Yeah, man. God sees all your sins, but he's I love Jared Nelson. I love Luke Places. I love this, this. And like, mm -hmm. man, he's my best friend. Yeah. You know, get that relationship. I, I wish <clears throat> I don't have the best relationship. You know, I, I'm a sinner. I live in sin. I struggle with things. Of course. We all do. Of course. Um, but like, I just, I just, man, I want to. I want to try and satisfy God more of to, of to, to living up to be a better, better man, a better Christian man. Um, you know, I, I kind of get emotional when I say this, but like when I die, I dread the words, you know, depart from me mm -hmm. uh, for you working like inequities, you know, go. I don't want that. Like, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's right. Coming in the kingdom. You know, Jesus has that stone with your name on it. That only him and you know, you know, mm. you're going to get your crown. I just, I want that so much. I love that. It is, man, it's a scary feeling. Um, but when you, 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 you kind of get caught up in like, I got caught up in the book of revelation a lot, mm -hmm. like the rapture and this and that. Yeah. And I was like, you know, for a while I was like, that's all I was talking about. There's some pretty scary stuff in there. <laughs> stuff that's going to happen. It's pretty scary. Yeah. yeah. But like I got too caught up in it. Yeah. You know, you can get too caught up in that. Of course. Um, and it's like, I, I don't know, man. Um, but depending on some people in Revelation, you know, that the rapture happens. Some people think it happens specifically, and I should know this, I don't. But in the middle of the seven-year tribulation, yeah. some people say it happens right before the tribulation occurs, so Christians won't have any suffering and stuff like that. Um, but if you're a believer in Christ, you know what's coming. You know yeah. what's coming. We know where we're going. We know our destination. That gives us peace, man. That was a hard thing for me, like finding that peace. Right. You know, just like, man, I'm a sinner. Like, am I going to get to heaven? Am I going to do this? But like every morning, I try to first thing in the morning. I felt this quite a bit, but I try to first thing is give God thanks. Yeah. Um, thank you for another day. 
in my the prayer I do. Um, and then throughout the day, pray um, and repent. Mm-hmm. Of course, I repent for I repent for my <clears throat> sins, but like turning away, repentance is turning away from your sins. That's right. And of course, you always fall back to them. Well, repentance without change, that doesn't really work. But again, yeah. we are sinful, and we have you know things that we kind of gravitate toward and all that. Everybody has different things. Like yeah. I said before, some people it's polygamy, whatever. Yeah. You know, everybody has something. And so if we look at somebody and say they're a sinner because they do this and that, well, you struggle with this, the plank and the speck and the eye and all that. It's yeah. the same exact thing. We all struggle with something. Um, everybody does for sure. Yeah. It's a, you know, get that relationship. Um, gosh, it's, I feel so much better. And I, I, I used to neglect the Holy Spirit. Mm. You know, that's a real, it's a he, not a it. Right. And I was like, God and Jesus, God and Jesus, God and Jesus. Well, it's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, that's so right. I've been asking for the Holy Spirit to come in my life and change things, change who I am. And that's when things, that's when things start changing. Well, that's what, that's is what is among us, you yes. know, is the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you sin and you regret it. That's the Holy Spirit. That's right. Conviction. If you, if you go through day, throughout your day, sinning and not thinking, not batting an eye about it, you might have a problem. Right. Like, cause G, uh, the devil isn't going to go after someone that he doesn't have to worry about. That's right. You know, I was talking to a guy in the gym the other day. He said, when I joined Christianity or when I accepted Jesus Christ, I can't say joined Christianity, when I accepted Jesus Christ in my right. life, he said, mentally, I've been, I've, been ha- I've been worse. You know, I feel like things have gotten harder. I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. I said, what? He's like, that's a great thing. The Holy Spirit is moving through you. You know, you're, you're, you're going, man, I, I shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't do that. Like, you need to be you need to be doing that. That's right. um, well, that conviction is powerful. A man led by conviction is is the most powerful man I think there is. Yeah. You know, for sure. That is a powerful thing. So, I don't know. I wish I was smarter about it. I'm not smart, It takes man. time. I mean, I grew up in, in the Christian church my whole life, and there's still things that people outsmart me on. But, but again, God isn't calling those people. God's yep. ca- God just, Jesus says, follow me. That's, that's all we're supposed to do. That stuff comes along as we you know, dive into the word and learn stories, learn things. Uh, but like you said, the Holy Spirit's within us. That's our guide. Yeah. The Bible is our guide. We read it and learn it, but the Holy Spirit is within us actively, our conscience, and that gives us direction. Yeah. And I'll say this. Um, whenever you've ever decided to have kids, my mom and dad always grew up saying, singing um, like Jesus loves little children, you know, and mm-hmm. then uh, we say the Holy Prayer. So at night, when it comes to like good parenting, Mm-hmm. Um, I was fortunate enough for that. My boys, we uh, say the holy prayer or the, you know, our Father who art in heaven, mm-hmm. and then we say a family prayer. And so sometimes Lincoln and Liam will lead the family prayer. What we're thankful for, um, and dude, we get caught up as like moms and dads and adults in life. We're like, all right, boys, good night, love you, sweet dreams. And Lincoln's like, Dad, what about praying? I'm wow. like, dude, a four year old. Just told me to pray. Yeah. Four-year-old man. That's powerful. And so, uh, you know, bring prayer up early in their lives. Yeah. So. That's great, man. That's awesome, man. And it motivates you. I think that motivates you to be a better dad, a better Christian, and everything else. Yeah. But I think unless you didn't plant that within them, you know, at a young age, they wouldn't know. Yeah. They wouldn't know that. So that says a testament to you, dude. You know, to get in heaven, the Bible says, what, be, be like a child or have yeah. What is it? Have the faith like a child. Have the faith like a child. Yeah, so look at the children. Their faith, how children are have unwavering faith. Yeah, man. You know, I think life experience kind of hurts us. 
we get hurt by people. Yeah. We get hurt by things and that kind of takes our mind away from, from Christ, but young Christians, children, stuff like that, their faith is unwavering. Yeah. You know, they don't question anything. They're mm-hmm. just faithful, man. I love it. Yeah. But so yeah, dude, we've gone through this thing. We've only gone through about half of these topics and we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Yeah. Might I'm sorry, come, man. Might, no, we're good. Yeah. This has been amazing. Might have to come back. Might have to yeah. come back and do it eventually. Uh, I like to end with this five, 10, 20 year plan. So in life, you got a wife, two beautiful children, two twin boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, five years from now, what's life looking like for you? you talk about EMT, advanced EMT, all that. Yeah. So advanced EMT, uh, we're really recently moving into the house or selling our house, moving um, off grid. It's not going to be off grid. Five year plan, have a farm, smaller farm. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's really just live life um, better. Mm. You know, uh, devote. Laura and I want to get in small groups. Um, maybe lead a small group in church or something. And if those don't know, small groups kind of like a Sunday school kind of thing within Church of the Highlands, more of a close knit community type thing within within Church of the Highlands. Yeah. Yes, and it could be at someone's house. Um, whatever it could be, a bunch of Christian um couples going out and biking, right, or fishing or something like that. Um, but yeah. So that's my five-year plan. Just get more into small groups um, and continuing on with my career. Ten years, dude. Where are you at? Ten years. At ten years, I will have se- uh, seven years until I retire. So um, I'll be in the um, state I'm in state retirement. So okay. at the ten-year mark, at seven years, I'm going to work my butt off for three years, get my best three in my last ten, and uh, then stop working overtime. Okay. So, so how much OT do you work now? Not as much as I should. Okay. Um, there's guys that work at 48s their entire year. Um, I work 48s enough to, if I'm low on a paycheck and I want to do something, I work a 48 and I get more money. Mm-hmm. So, so you're talking about just eight hours of overtime a week or like if you work a 48, how much, how much other time you work in that week? So um, as a fireman, you work 10 days a month. Okay. 20, you know, 10, 24 hour shifts, 48 on, or excuse me, 24 on, 48 off. Right. If you work an overtime shift, that's another 24 hours. So you're there for 48 hours straight. Okay. And so, yeah, um, prepare for my retirement. Yeah. Cool, dude. 20 years. Dream a little. You'll be how old? 40? 48. 48. I'll be, uh, so I'm only doing 20. I say this, things change. My goal is to do. 25 years of service in the fire service mm-hmm. and get out. Okay. So um, I'll be one year out into retirement. I'll still work, but uh, I'm not going to devote my entire life to that. Yeah. You know, I'll retire with 30 years of service. Um, And my boys will be 23 in 20 years from now. Okay. And so um, Laura and I, God willing, everything continues to work out. Um, explore the the good world that God gave us. That's awesome, dude. Now we didn't even really go into your wife's photography business blowing up, really. Oh, dude. He's like, yeah. Um, Lauren Elizabeth Photography. Shout out. Yeah, we'll put that in the description below. I'll put that in the description of this this show. Yeah, past uh, several years, she's gotten like a Reader's Choice Awards for our um our county. It's good quality stuff, man. I've seen it. It's good stuff. Yeah, all self made. Very proud of her for that. She uh she helps. I mean, she is a provider mm-hmm. so that's so awesome she helps out with the family awesome dude 
Well, dude, I've enjoyed this a lot. Yeah, man. This, this has been awesome. Diving into this, I think we're going to help a lot of people. Guys, I'm going to wrap it up here. Thank you so much for watching the podcast, The Better Man with Dr. Jared Nelson. That's me. Follow us on YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe to the channel if you want to see more stuff about this. Click the notification bell. You're going to get all my videos directly to whatever device you stream on. We are on the audio podcast, Amazon Music, Apple Music, Spotify. We're on every single one of them, dude. Follow us on there. Give us a five-star review because we give five-star service. Thanks for watching. Until the next one. Peace. I like the